Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' dramatic 102-95 win over the LA Clippers. A lot of runs in this game, an unlikely hero in the end, and without further ado, let's get into it. Before the game, Hawks got news that they would not have Trey Young. He has a thigh contusion, and also that DeAndre Bembry would not be available off the bench. He would miss the Clippers game with a for personal reasons. Um, the Clippers would be without Kawhi Leonard and also Paul George, and also uh, Pat Beverly would not be playing for them. So starting in Trey Young's place would be one Jeff Teague, and it was really cool to see Jeff out there in the starting lineup. The Hawks also started Bruno Fernando instead of Cam Reddish, which was an interesting tweak to the uh, rotation. But this was a game that was really defined by its runs. Um, the Clippers had big runs in the first half. They had a 24-1 to run in the first quarter, and then they had two runs in the second quarter, one of 14-6 run and one an 11-2 run. Um, in the first quarter... The Hawks jumped out to a lead to begin the game. Uh, actually, Doc Rivers called a timeout under a minute into the game, which was kind of surprising. Um, but the Hawks seemed to have their offense working at the beginning of the game. But then the huge 24-1 run by the Clippers sort of set the tone. And if you've been watching a lot of the Hawks games this season, it could have been like, oh, here we go again. The Hawks are going to get down and really never be able to fight back um, in the game. And even without Trey, that was something that it, you could have not been blamed for thinking about that. Um, so it was frustrating. And I think another frustrating part about those stretches was the Hawks weren't really doing anything crazy. Um, they were actually getting some good shot attempts. Watching the game again, um, some of the shots that were in that during that during that stretch of 24-1 uh, to 1 were Hunter having a lazy pass turnover, Bruno getting two offensive fouls or offensive rebounds and not being able to score. Both rookies, uh, Hunter and Reddish, getting to the basket and being unable to finish. And it seems very obvious to me that uh, the coaching staff is telling the Hawks to drive and get into the paint. And both Herder and Hunter are trying to get floaters off. And they just weren't going down in the first half. The Hawks had a really poor shooting night overall. They ended the game shooting 35%, which... If you go back and look at that game against L.A. in L.A., they also shot a similarly bad um, percentage. Big difference here, though, was the Clippers also shot pretty poorly. Um, They shot 42%, and specifically from three-point line, they shot 21% instead of that over 50% that we saw in the Staples Center. So it was a really rough stretch in the first half, particularly with that big run by the Clippers in the first quarter and then in the second quarter, the Clippers were able to stretch their lead upwards of 20 points. Um, the Hawks did a couple things to stay in contact even then. There was certainly opportunities for the Hawks to not um, even compete towards the end of that, but they did a good job of kind of getting shots when they needed them. I thought uh, Vince Carter did a good job. Uh, Travion Graham, who also came in the Jeff Teague trade, came in and was able to uh, draw an offensive foul on Lou Williams and also get a bucket when it seemed like the Hawks couldn't do anything in that second quarter. 
So the Hawks went into half being down um, by 19 points, which was brutal, being down 41 to 60, but it could have been a lot worse. And um, the Clippers also have a little bit to do with that. They were not making their free throws at all this game, and that would come back to haunt them in the fourth quarter specifically. But the Clippers ended the game shooting 25 of 39 from the free throw line. And um, I got to on the Hawks for missing a bunch or for sending the other team to the free throw a bunch. But if that other team is not going to punish you, and specifically Montrez Harrell had a pretty rough night shooting free throws despite his really good game, um, it doesn't hurt you as much. And the Hawks, who at the beginning of the season, one of my big pet peeves about the Hawks was they were not making their free throws. And they did extremely well. They only got to the free throw line 23 times, but they made 19 of those free throws. So that was really big in a game that came down to the last couple of possessions. But going into the second half, the Hawks found themselves down by 19 points. And to start the second half, they executed a beautiful play to get Kevin Herter a corner three, and he drained it. And that sort of led the way the Hawks for the Hawks to start that quarter 12-1. Um, to 1. And they also had a 11-2 run in the third quarter as well. Um, I thought the Hawks were doing a much better job of uh, getting shots that the players could hit and just kind of like knocking them down. Um, and then also on the defensive end, they were really doing a good job of the Clippers got some good looking shots, but if they missed them, the Hawks were eating up the rebounds and really getting out and trying to get good shots. Um, it sort of felt like that despite the Hawks cutting a 19 point lead down to seven or under 10, that the Clippers were going to be able to hold off this young team and um, maybe this uh, this charge back wouldn't be enough and that hole that the Hawks dug themselves in the first half would have be too much. But the Hawks kept working um, and despite, you know, being down by 19 points, I thought they did a good job specifically in the third quarter of making a real push. If that first push had not happened right after the half, I think this would have been a game that the Hawks kind of just let get away from them. And for them to come out, get some easy shots early, hit some threes, I thought there was a big part of the game where John Collins hit back-to-back threes to keep the Hawks within contact. But every opportunity that the Clippers had to really stretch the lead and sort of just take control of the game, the Hawks always fought back, which was super encouraging. Finally, we get to the fourth quarter, and we cannot talk about the fourth quarter without just talking about the two best players in this game for the Hawks, who were John Collins and Brandon Goodwin. Those players took over in the fourth. Um, Brandon Goodwin had, had zero points going into the fourth quarter. He ended the game with 19. He hit three threes in the in the fourth quarter and got fouled shooting a three-pointer and hit all those free throws. Uh, he had um, was just really controlling the offense and doing a good job on defense as well. It was kind of fun watching the start of the fourth quarter because Atlanta's own Lou Williams sort of took it personally that Goodwin was going off. And uh, for a couple possessions, it was Goodwin coming down, getting a shot, uh, Lou Williams coming down, making his own shot, Goodwin coming down, finding John Collins for a dunk, Lou Williams losing his man and getting a dunk. Um, So a lot of exciting basketball. And for uh, Brandon Goodwin, who's from the Norcross area, after the game talked about how much that Lou Williams Um, making it into the NBA, and Lou Williams' career has inspired him. It was really cool to see Brandon Goodwin just take control. And he had had a rough night. Um, Looking at the score, you could have thought that, oh, maybe Lloyd Pierce went with Brandon Goodwin because 
Teague didn't really have it going. And shooting the ball, Teague didn't do anything um, out of this world, but he had eight assists um, and was sort of just holding down that his point guard minutes. But Brandon came into the fourth quarter and really started on fire and ended on fire. Um, again, each three-pointer was huge, and he was also finding John Collins. Um, John Collins also had a monster fourth quarter. Uh, he had a couple dunks played defense and was on the receiving end of a couple Brandon Goodwin alley-oops and Brandon would even have another assist if uh, John had finished one of the dunks that Brandon set him up for but it was just a super exciting uh, fourth quarter to see a point guard on a two-way contract kind of take over it was very reminiscent of the Hawks magic game earlier this season where Brandon sort of did a very similar thing and put the team on his back and, and got the win um, some of the coolest parts, this this being in State Farm Arena and being getting to see the crowd get involved when Montrez Harrell goes to the free throw line, misses the first free throw, and the crowd gets as loud as it does at any point in any playoff series um, to try to get some Chick-fil-A, and Montrez Harrell missed, him, uh, missed the free throw. And uh, again, the L.A. Lakers did not, L.A. Clippers, excuse me, did not help themselves out at all in this fourth quarter, shooting free throws um, or, or really finishing easy shots. And the Atlanta Hawks were able to capitalize on that. So towards the end, um, there was a chance for the Clippers to tie the game with a Lou Williams three. He missed that three. And then the Hawks um, came down, scored, and that was sort of the end of the game. The biggest shot I thought for the Hawks was after that missed three, um, the ball the Hawks pushed the ball up the court. They found DeAndre Hunter in the corner who had not had a great night shooting, and he drills a three to put the Hawks up six with about um, a minute to go. And that, that really felt like it clinched the game for the Hawks. Um, getting into some of the performances by the Hawks against the Clippers, John Collins was 12-22 from the field, including three three-pointers. He had 16 rebounds, including seven offensive rebounds, three steals for 33 points. He was just a monster. I was really surprised at how uh, active his hands were and the steals. There were only three steals. He was very getting in the lane, and Montrezl Harrell isn't the biggest center, so maybe this is a very good matchup for John Collins. But seeing John be so active on the defensive side of the ball was um, very encouraging. And he also had one monster block. Um, the Clippers were moving the ball around, and specifically Harrell got the ball in the mid-range and sort of dared the center to come out and guard him made a bounce pass to, I think, Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless went up for the dunk, and John Collins just stonewalled him. And it was like, whoa, John has been a lot better on the defensive side of the ball, and it, it was really good to see him against a team that didn't have their best players. Like, there was no Paul George or Kawhi Leonard that he had to worry about at the rim, but um, for him to take advantage of that and, and do well on defense. Next is Brandon Goodwin. He was 3 uh, 6 of 14 from the field, 3 of 4 from three-point land, had three assists for 19 points. And again, he really didn't have that good of a game going into the fourth quarter. Zero points. He had missed some floaters. He was one of the guys that it was clear the Hawks are trying to get in the paint and be like, get in the paint, get a shot up, and you'll get to the line. But he was so aggressive in the fourth quarter and um, looking for a shot. One thing Brandon does, I think, even a little bit better than Kevin Herter is if he's open for a three, he's shooting it. He's very confident, um, and that served him really well in this game. Even if his shots didn't go in, John Collins was right there to get an offensive rebound and have a putback. 
So for Brandon Goodwin, in the absence of Trey Young to have such a good game, it was it was really awesome to see. I know uh, he got a big hug from the Hawks owner, Tony Ressler, after the game. Um, and it's always cool when someone who's from the area, Brandon is from Norcross, can come in and get a win. It's just awesome to see. Um, Cam Reddish had a nice game. He was 3 of 9, 0 of 2 from his threes, but he had 8 rebounds, an assist for 10 points. And Cam just continues to impress on the defensive side of the ball. His length um, serves him so well when he's going around screens and um, defending players. There was one play where he's guarding Lou Williams. Lou tries to get around a screen. Cam is able to get around the screen. And uh, DeAndre Hunter actually is on the other side of the screen. And they trap Lou Williams. And Lou Williams is about 6'3 or 6'4, surrounded by two 6'9 rookies. It was pretty awesome just to see that defense. And the Hawks got a turnover on that possession. But um, Cam was just solid. He had he drew he fouled Montres Harrell. Harrell drew a charge on him, but Cam finished the layup even through that contact. And to see both Hunter and Reddish continue to like figure their way around the basket um, at the NBA level is something that I hope we continue to see progress. Like um, to see Cam finish that, even though he fouled Harrell, was encouraging to see him finish through contact. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, again, had the biggest three in the game, I think, that one with about a minute to go to seal the game. But he was three of 16 overall, one of two from threes. He had one rebound, one steal for eight points. And while that stat line sounds really, really pedestrian, I thought Hunter played pretty solidly. Against the Clippers, about all your wings are going to get matched up with Montrezl Harrell at some point. Both Reddish and Hunter had that happen, and I thought they both did a good job of defending him. Harrell went off, certainly. But just forcing him to take a little bit more time and also sending him to the free throw line instead of just letting him get an easy two. Herter had a had a pretty rough game, five of fourteen shooting, two of five from threes. Both of those threes were in the third quarter. Um, again, he opened the, the second half with a three pointer, and then in that same run hit a three pointer. Um, seeing Kevin get to the paint and start. This sounds like I'm repeating myself, but just getting making layups through contact and, and being aggressive looking for his shot is something I want Kevin to continue to do. He did have one beautiful uh, steal and lay-in where uh, Lou Williams tried to pass it into the paint and Kevin read it the entire way, came out of nowhere, stole the ball, uh, went through all the clippers to get a lay-in. Um, and so to see him kind of be involved on the defensive side of the ball, even when his offense is working, is encouraging. Um, finally, Jeff Teague, he was one of seven, one of two from three. Like I said, he had eight assists for three points. And Jeff, he's still figuring out all these new teammates. Um, it's interesting to watch him play because it's such a flashback to when he had his first uh, run of years here. Um, I was reminded of this when he got called for a foul and Teague went completely into, like, there's no way that was a foul on me and just was frustrated with the refs and Again, it's really cool to have such a uh, veteran point guard and also a point guard who he doesn't demand the ball. As much as uh, both Goodwin and Trey are going to be ball dominant and get their shots up, Teague is really looking for his teammates. And he had a couple of really nice passes to John Collins. It appears that they already have a little bit of chemistry. I don't know if that goes back to them both being from Wake Forest, but um, he had, he played a really under-control game. And looking at the box score, I was a little interested to see if the fact that uh, Brandon played the entire fourth quarter was because Teague didn't play well and it was just that Brandon got hot and um, 
Jeff Jeff just wasn't playing at that time. But um, both Jeff and Trevion Graham got some playing time. And again, I thought Trevion Graham was part of helping the Hawks stay in contact. So those were the Hawks stands out, standouts. The Clippers, Lou Williams did not have a particularly good game. And it's probably one of the reasons that the Hawks won is that he was not hitting shots he normally makes. He was 6 of 19, didn't make a three-pointer, had seven assists and 18 points. Montrezl Harrell was 12 of 23, uh, only took, he took one three-pointer, was 6 of 13 from the free throw line. He really struggled. He Just no um, replication of the same shot every time when he's at the free throw line. Uh, he was he only had seven rebounds and only two offensive. One of the big things going into this game I thought would maybe decide it was how the Hawks rebounded and they blew the Clippers out. In fact, they the Clippers had forty five uh, rebounds in the Hawk to the Hawks sixty three and twenty three of those rebounds were offensive for the Hawks. Finally, uh, Landry Shamet had a okay game. He was four of ten, two of six from three point land for thirteen points, but. Besides Montrezl Harrell, the Hawks did a really good job of keeping all these Clippers frustrated. And no Kawhi, no Paul George, but the Hawks took the team that was in front of them and they got the win. Especially starting down, getting into a 21-point hole in the first half. The Hawks showed a lot of resiliency um, to come back in the fourth quarter. Um, Really starting in the second half to start that with some good energy and then carry that into the fourth quarter and get a win. Just does a lot, and it was also super encouraging to see how excited Trey was for whoever was making shots. Um, you know, Teague makes a three. Trey's the first one standing up with a three on his hand. Uh, Brandon Goodwin has his just explosive fourth quarter. Trey is there to dump water on his head in the post game interview. But um, it was an awesome, awesome game. A big game for the Hawks to win. They're starting to get into a little bit of rhythm of not getting in the streaks of losing, which is big. And uh, we'll have to see if this will carry on into Oklahoma, where they play next. But uh, it was just awesome to see the Hawks get this win. I'm really encouraged, and we'll see uh, how that goes into Oklahoma City. We also find out tonight if uh, Trey Young is an all-star starter, so that's something to look out for. But uh, to get a big win, to get a win over a Clippers team that was sort of not motivated or not putting out their best team, thinking they could take care of the the Hawks in Atlanta. Very good win from the Hawks. I want to thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. If you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast, that would be a huge help. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And go Hawks!